How's it going? <laughs> it's going okay. Yeah, Riley, I have a question for you. If you had to get rid of either limes or lemons for your whole life, what mm-hmm. would it be? Well, here's the thing. I saw um, a TikTok. I hate to start things off with, I saw a TikTok. I no, hate to ever say. That's fine. People love that. It's like it's like my news source. Right. <laughs> it's embarrassing. Yeah. yeah. Um, but anyway, I saw a TikTok that said, um, limes can do what lemons can do, but lemons can't do what limes can do. See, I, I have the exact opposite intuition. Do you make guac with lemon juice no but you can i agree yeah like it wouldn't be that bad and i feel like lime is too savory for the sweet things that you might like to do with lemon that's true that is that is what i was thinking i was thinking oh you're what you're gonna have a lime tart and then i was like well i guess that's like a key lime pie and people go nuts for that they do yeah maybe they're really not that different and they're just i guess like a margarita would not be very good with no, I'll be fine with lemon juice, it actually. Be It'd be fine. There's a lesson there. there... <laughs> yeah, that's so true. <laughs> we need to come up with a better way to, like, start the podcast. <laughs> than, like, <laughs> than, like, an icebreaker. Yeah. I like it. Uh, yeah, what was your pit and peak? <laughs> the, yeah. You know, stuff like that. Yeah, yeah. It's fitting. I guess. Wait. Oh, this will be good. We haven't caught up about this. I was teaching my students about Jesus um, mm-hmm. the other day in class. It was fun. You were like good. preaching? Yeah, I was preaching. Well, I wasn't really preaching, but I was trying to get them to understand. See, this is the this is the the thing. So the professor I was working with was trying to characterize uh the crucifixion as like a problem that Christians had to deal with in terms of like like you know this guy's supposed to be God then how come he got crucified I mean that's the thing though and that's what that's what I, yeah so I was trying to motivate to my students I was like no not quite um, and then they said you were undermining the professor and <laughs> yeah they're gonna give you and I got fired actually reviews, as yeah. a result. <laughs> all for that's that's the real um persecution that's happening <laughs> yeah Right. They were it, trampling down on your free speech. It was like God's not dead. It was much. like It was like, pretty much exactly dead. like God's not dead. Yeah, and then you said, I'm going to drop this egg. That's a callback to the last episode. <laughs> right, yeah. If you don't get that reference, you have to go listen to yeah. it. Um, um, well, that's exciting. In my class, the kids have been reading um, Augustine. Oh, yeah. They they hate him. Why? They say He's like, like them. He's exactly the same as them. Oh, they do not think so. Uh-huh. They say he's not relatable. He's, no. like, too obsessed with God. He just, like, it's hard to read because he's just like, God, you're so cool. I love right. you so much, bro. Right. You know? Right. You gotta, we gotta look through that. Like, he does do that. But they you can't. Gotta, yeah. But once you look through that, you realize he's just, like, an angsty teen. Yeah, I agree. Um, now I'm worried that they're gonna listen to this podcast and be like, 
Riley's talking shit. <laughs> um, no. I'm just kidding, guys. Yeah. <laughs> you guys are so right. Yeah. <laughs> and you totally get it. No, no you're not. You don't. <laughs> <laughs> don't, don't. Oh. Uh, but this is why they need a popular TV show to introduce themselves to Catholicism, uh, such as Mrs. Davis. Yeah, that's right. We've um, we've gathered here to talk about. Uh, Mrs. Davis. It's my favorite show. It's a great show on on Peacock, um, which is available for the affordable price of $5 a month. Um, Comes with shows like The Office. um, Parks and Rec. Parks and Rec. And another one that I saw was like, oh, that moved over here recently. Was it New Girl? Mm -hmm. New Girl. That's right. Yo, so, okay, we can't just turn this into a TV podcast. No, I'm just doing the, the, the plug, like for our, I'm reading, it's an ad read for our sponsor, <laughs> yeah. which is NBC. Okay, fine. Um, well, we I'm... got picked up by NBC recently, actually, which is great. Um, <laughs> well, I'm sponsored by Pete Davidson's new TV show called Bupkiss. Bupkiss? <laughs> yeah. Wait, also is it a cartoon on... one? Mm-mm. Okay. Edie Falco plays his mom. Wait, who's that? Never mind. <laughs> <laughs> Wait, what is she in? I feel like I've heard the that The Sopranos. Name. Oh, okay. Yeah, 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 yeah. Well, I see you're not a fan of, um, you know, prestige television. No, I'm not really. Yeah. Well, just because I don't have HBO. That's the main reason. So I'm stuck with watching Peacock TV shows <laughs> like Mrs. Davis. Which is arguably even more pre- prestigious. I think so. Um, yeah. I mean, NBC's legacy network. You know, it's been around for forever. So. How would you describe... Mrs. Davis. Um, I would describe it as like the kind of thing I would make in high school, uh, but I mean that in a complimentary way. I actually think very highly of my high school self. Mm. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> oh. <laughs> go on record with that one. It's bold. Uh, yeah. Um, but uh, what did I? What did, what did I think of it? It's about a nun who has to fight an AI um, with the help of her cowboy boyfriend, which. Again, that's, I mean, that's, that's how would you describe it? Um, yeah, that's, that's how I would describe it. My thoughts on it. Uh, okay. So the nun, the main character woman, her name is, uh, sister Simone. I have decided that this is definitely a Simone Vey reference. Like, I think it absolutely. Yeah. Um, some people disagree with me on this. Oh, you've looked it up. No, I've just like been talking to people. Oh, okay. yeah, <laughs> they say, like, <laughs> yeah. What are the odds of that? But I think the odds are high. Um, and it's really like absurd. So there's this, yeah, artificial intelligence that's like in everybody's little AirPods or whatever and just like talking to them all the time, providing them like all the answers to stuff they could ever want to know. I guess like entertainment, presumably, though it like isn't really spelled out exactly what the AI does um although in the first episode someone says that the AI has like eliminated all suffering and all wars and that no one is poor anymore right which doesn't actually seem to be true like even in the show no the Australian guy says that it's not true Mm, when he's doing like his exposition you know he's good yeah I do like that character (laughs) I love that character uh and so the oh this is a big thing so far this 
the summary is not going so well, but whatever. Okay, I think it's going great. <laughs> um, uh, so the AI, Mrs. Davis, sends people on quests, and if they fulfill enough quests, they get um, what's called, like, quote-unquote wings. Right. Like, angel wings. And you might be thinking, like, oh, what is an angel wing? Is this, like, a material good? No. It's just, like, a little virtual reality, like... It's like a blue check. Yeah, it's like a blue check, yeah. yeah. It's like a little... Just... If someone were to take a picture of them with their phone, they would have, like, wings right. <laughs> on. Yeah. Um, it's like a status symbol, yeah. Yeah. Um, and so the nurse nun... Oh, my God. Okay, cut that. <laughs> so no, the fine. nun... Yeah. <laughs> uh, the Sister Simone is sent on a quest to destroy the Holy Grail. Well, no, to, wait, to destroy it? Mm-hmm. Is that a spoiler? No, I don't think so. Isn't that? Oh wait, no, actually, no, it's not. It's in the first. Ep- it was the first or second episode. Mm-hmm. I forget. That's why she wants her to find it. Why the AI wants. Yeah, her the to find AI it. wants the Holy Grail destroyed for some reason. Right. Um, Which is also sick. I mean, I love that. Like, that's the best part about the show is that they just set up. They're like, this show is about jumping the shark. Like, mm-hmm. it's it's just set up in the most ridiculous way, um, with like a set of, like just crazy you know like the MacGuffins as crazy as possible like the characters are like literally a nun and like a cowboy or like the main protagonists and then the bad guys like an evil AI that's sick I love that bit I mean the premise like yeah very strong yeah and then a few other uh minor details that may be relevant the nun's parents were magicians so there's like a long like arc about her magician parents and how like they've been put out of business by the ai because magic has been like demystified oh nice <laughs> um, yeah whoa and then disenchanted you might even disenchanted say. We'll get one there, might though. say yeah, yeah, yeah um and then the deal that sister simone has with mrs davis is that if simone destroys the holy grail the ai will like kill itself right right <laughs> um so yeah, that's the that's the show. The premise. Yeah. Um, and I have the feeling that it is so like wacky for the purpose that the producers want someone to say like, "Oh, an AI could never write this." <laughs> this is my second conspiracy after the first being that Simone is named after Simone Bay. Right. Hmm. Wait, say more about that. Or like, I don't, I don't, I guess I just like don't follow. Like, I what guess you, like, what makes you think that? I feel like for it being a network TV show, there are like so many, like, twists. Yeah. <laughs> I guess like it's so kind of like heavy-handed. Um, like when we were talking about it earlier in the week, you said that you know it's almost as if the characters keep looking at the camera and being like, "Well, that just happened." Yeah. Well, that's like a writing critique that I have. Which, yeah. yeah, like in general, well, I'll just, this is like an aside, mm-hmm. that that's just like an annoying thing that's happened to writing like in the post-Marvel world is just like, you need to, like, I don't know, you probably haven't seen the D&D movie. I have not seen it, but I saw the ad for it. <laughs> wait, wait, wait. Like Dungeons and Dragons. There's a movie? Yes. And it's starring Chris Pine. And oh. it's terrible, like the ad, the entire ad is just like something explodes with magic and then Chris Pine or one of the other characters looks at another character and goes uh okay like i guess that guy can do that you know like mm-hmm, the whole mm-hmm. thing is just like looking at the camera and going well that just happened or like 
um, okay, you know, and and every media is is infected with this now, and Mrs. Mrs. Davis does this too, and I mean, well, Simone the character does a lot of that, but that's kind of like once you correct for that, you know, like that was just like a an annoying like sort of foible of like contemporary media writing seems to you mm, need to have a character mm-hmm. who breaks the fourth wall and sort of is in on the joke with the audience to make it you know I don't know make things yeah. seem a little less sincere hmm. yeah no I agree but I guess that I think well I don't know why I, I feel like this is uh, the purpose of this is so that one would say like oh an AI couldn't write this but I oh I see I'm not sure what it is or maybe it's that it's so like leans in so heavily to genre what genre and like tropes oh, or just like yeah, tropes yeah. tropes yeah generic tropes that um it's almost as if like it is generated somehow like just yeah. what's like the wackiest story like oh there's a cowboy I and then see. like yeah. he has like all these hang-ups about his masculinity right and like he i don't know right <laughs> he and simone both like share a liver yeah like just like random shit like this yeah yeah that's true i can't that's one virtue i'll give grant to it Mm -hmm. is i cannot tell how in on its own shtick it is like i can't tell how like in on the joke about how silly it is it is yeah 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 um, yeah, I think we should talk about that, but maybe first we should say, like, why we're talking about Oh, yeah, about yeah, why show. we're talking about TV show. Um, well, first reason, because last episode, we got a little technical, a little little heavy with the philosophy, so we're, we're goofing off now a little bit. Yeah. Um, but also... Um, yeah, also, uh, when I started watching the show, I said, Lorenzo, you have to pay the $5. You have to give NBC the $5 to watch the show. It's so insane. Um, and I think it's just really interesting to think about a TV show that kind of poses, um, like organized religion, you know, like Simone as being a potential like adversary to technology or like specifically like technological enchantment um like simone's like beef is that people believe in ai more than they believe in like god or like they don't have like the personal relationship that she has with jesus which we'll get to because that especially is is nuts (laughs) in the show yeah um yeah do you have anything else no that's good yeah i think that's right it kind of presents like i guess what we were saying before is it's like almost like a crude version of the kind of critique that we're doing which is like a like um you know uh these sort of like algorithmically generated models of value roughly in line with capitalism which as an aside i feel like it doesn't bring that in well enough i wish it did a little bit more but whatever uh, but like yeah as like the new version of what religion used to do you know like that's our whole shtick here is like look like we're just getting fed this slop by the, <laughs> by the algorithm. Yeah, the uh, D&D movie. By the, yeah, we're getting fed the D&D movie by the algorithm, um, you know, in place of a value system that's perhaps more humanistic, humanistically generated, um, like some sort of religious one might, or at least has the potential to be in a way that we think probably algorithmic capitalism doesn't. Um, yeah, so it's kind of like... Yeah, it's like a funny like camp version of that critique. Mm-hmm. Um, 
Yeah, well, I think the reason it doesn't, like, engage in the critique of capitalism is because it's, like, you know, still an, a network TV show. Like, right. when you were saying that, I was thinking about how um, Brooklyn Nine-Nine, have you seen that show? Also no. on Peacock? It's about, like, cops in New York City, and it's like, oh, they're just, like, zany guys who are trying their best. It's, like, straight copaganda. Right. Um, it's still, like, a cute sitcom, I guess, but... Um, Anyway, so I think that's partly why Mrs. Davis just doesn't even, like, breach, right. <laughs> broach this topic. Broach? Right. I don't know. I think that's right. Yeah, and in a certain sense, it would be, like, too heavy-handed if it did. Um, and it's not, like... Because the the style of it is so goofy, mm-hmm. like, it would feel almost kind of, I don't know. Like, like offensive like, like offensive. I'd, I'd be offended <laughs> yeah, I'd, I'd be, be like offended. what the hell is this <laughs> yeah. they're trying to like spoon feed us like right. <laughs> um, yeah instead they just want to like present this very like watered down kind of yeah like tropish like good versus evil um, like I don't know I'm thinking about like uh you know like star wars it's like space right. opera or like anything yeah, like yeah. this where it's just like um there are two forces in the world and like i i don't think mrs davis is that straightforward because like as the show goes on there are like all sorts of different actors and like potential bad guys like the vatican comes in and it's like are they the bad guys there's like a weird group of women who are meant to be protecting the holy grail and they're kind of like evil and they're also bankers i don't know anyway it's yeah. really random um but yeah i think they just want to do like a watered down good versus evil but i think like what's weird about this is that they also just like presume that god is real <laughs> <laughs> yeah that's that's the funniest part of the show is just like the, the like jesus is an actual character who has like He's, like, a hot guy. Yeah, he's a hot guy who, like, interacts with the storyline. Yeah. Um, so, okay, we're going to spoil... You don't have to watch the show, yeah. <laughs> everybody. Yeah. Don't watch yeah, it. Don't, yeah. We're going to explain give NBC to your you money. the highlights. Actually, give NBC your money. They're sponsoring us now. <laughs> yeah. um, it's a great TV show. Yeah, I love Brooklyn Nine-Nine. I love Brooklyn Nine-Nine, too. I haven't seen it, but I know I love it because it's on NBC. Bob Kiss? Yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> right. Sign me up. Um, but yeah, I didn't realize how insane the show was until, okay, so episode one, there's like, you know, this nun, I keep wanting to call her a nurse for some reason, I don't know why, but there's this nun. A spiritual nurse, if you will. Spiritual nurse, sure. And she keeps like going into this like building and like conversing with this man named Jay, who's like feeding her falafel. She's like, this is so good. Wow. Like blah, blah, blah. And then the second episode, she starts calling him like husband. And, like, it's not, like, in a casual way. She's just, like, hi, husband. It's, like, very weird writing. Um, And then you come to realize that this man is Jesus, and they, like, make out, and she, like, gets off on praying. And it's very... I find this very disturbing and perverse. This is... Yeah, that's because you're a Protestant. Um, Mm -hmm. This is very normal. This is is what Catholicism is about. Yeah. But she's not a Catholic. No. But she's supposed to be. I mean, mm-hmm. not really. Like, in the show, they say that she's... Or she says that she's not. Which doesn't make sense. You can't be... I looked it up. Step one to becoming a nun is becoming Catholic. You can't be not Catholic and a nun, but... Um, which is my other problem with the show. I wish they would uh, were a little bit more in, like, on the, like, Catholic lore. Mm-hmm. Just... It'd make it more fun. 
but um yeah instead it's like vatican priests nuns right there you go Uh, jesus jesus yeah but like um yeah making out with jesus totally normal um (laughs) that's that's just part of it Uh, that's not even like getting as as horny as it gets you know Um, classic nun nun behavior um, and I endorse that. I just want to add. I think that's <laughs> okay. I think it's cool. Sick. Yeah, we got that on record. Right. Thank God. Yeah. Thank goodness. Yeah. Um. Oh, but okay. So when, like, after she started making out with Jesus, I was like, okay, maybe this is all in her head. But then he gives her like real information, like pertinent to the outside world. So he obviously like is a real, yeah, like character in the show, and yeah. he like exists. And I just think that's crazy yeah, yeah <laughs> this, like, it is. show that's like so extremely ironic is just like yep jesus is real <laughs> right and this nun is married to him and he's married to all the people and i don't know yeah no, i'm not sure what to make of this yeah i don't know either i mean i think it's just it's just like i said it it, it makes it it adds another layer to make it hard to interpret like how far how far in on their own joke they are you know um mm-hmm. yeah and i think that's like interesting and kind of uh similar to so many of the phenomena we've talked about on this show where it's like extremely ironic mm-hmm. <laughs> uh, which is also why i wanted to talk about this or was thinking about the show in relation to the pod um yeah it's just so absurd and goofy yeah yeah and and i mean i guess it's like it kind of i mean maybe maybe there's a thing that happens like once you're so many layers of irony deep you know in deep into the post postmodern um metamodern yeah kind of but it's not even metamodern because it's not sincere it's or it doesn't like quite it does this thing where it's like not quite like this sort of like fully ironic like cynical postmodern stance and it's also not doing like a oscillation between that and true sincerity it's kind of just in this like limbo of like am i in on the joke who knows like haha here we go but i don't think it's like it's a good representation of that but it's not like completely unique in that i feel like there's a lot of media that's kind of like tending in that direction Mm -hmm. um there's a lot of like right-wing media that kind of does that kind of thing too i feel oh yeah um yeah i'll just see like wait what was it like there was an ad for like a anti-woke beer that seemed almost like it was making fun of the idea because this is when uh, what was her name uh dylan, dylan mulvaney. mulvaney yeah came out with the budweiser ad and um which i love because now my budweiser t-shirt is woke um which is cool uh, <laughs> but, yeah yeah good for her yeah but um yeah when that i forgot who did it but it was like a guy he's like a right-wing grifter but he did like an ad that was like you know uh, he made his own beer i forget it's like called hard right beer or something i don't know and it seems like something that like the colbert rapport would do as like a to make fun of conservatives Mm -hmm. but he was also sincere about it Mm -hmm. except for because it's a real product you can buy but he's also like a right-wing grifter like he knows he's like he's a right-wing guy but he's also like profiteering on idiot right-wingers who want to buy his stupid beer because they're afraid of Budweiser now and like yeah I mean oh it's like (laughs) a heavy-handed point to make but like 
oh it's so annoying i like hate that i'm gonna say this but like that's so like donald trump coded you know (laughs) (laughs) what just the levels of irony being being, like i'm the smartest man in the world like do you remember when he said yeah oh my favorite donald trump quote ever r.i.p even though he's still alive yeah (laughs) r.i.p he's gonna win (laughs) when he said um uh, I can't go vegan because people who are vegan lose brain cells, and if I lose one brain cell, we're fucked. <laughs> I didn't know you said that. Really, if I lose even one brain cell, really we're good. fucked. And that's it's so really, funny because that's, like that's awesome. There's so many different ways to interpret right. that. Like he only right. he can't afford to lose a single <laughs> brain cell. Right. Oh, it's so funny. Like say what you will, the man. <laughs> No, he's hilarious. He's really funny. I'm not. I'm not a Trumper, you guys. No, yeah, of course not. But he's really. I funny. will vote for Joe Biden, I guess. I know, I'm, I'm gonna write in Hillary Clinton. I did. I, I wrote in Hillary Clinton in the last election because I thought that was the funniest possible. Thing. <laughs> People everywhere are turning off the. Podcast. I know. <laughs> no. But um. Um. Anyway, uh, oh. but yes, it, it's doing the same thing. I mean, it's not a right-wing TV show at all. Totally. But it's, it's, in the, it's speaking the same language, I think, as those ads where it's like, is this a joke? Is it not a joke? Mm-hmm. Is it who, if it is a joke, who's being made fun of? And if it's not, then what are we supposed to, you know, like, and it's just kind of, it's a secret third thing. Yeah, and I think it's worth mentioning that at the time of recording this, only, I think, seven episodes are out of the... I don't there's either eight or ten it's like a limited series but mm. is it just one season mm-hmm. oh wow yeah uh and i've only seen six episodes so it could be that it takes like a really earnest turn at the end and i kind of suspect it's going to like the mm. way it's been like leading up yeah i think it's gonna be really earnest um oh there was something else i just remembered about mrs davis that i forgot to mention about the premise um, so I mentioned like the wings and you can go on like quests to earn wings, but there's also a way that you can like bypass having to go on quests and it's to go like basically sign your life away <laughs> and then um, right. the AI will just like tell you like what date to report in the future and then you just like show up to this facility and get killed. Um, and if you like do this, you like agree to be killed at some hypothetical future date that's algorithmically generated as they've said um then you get to have like permanent wings yeah which my question is why would the ai want to kill people well because it's a campy show and that's what ai likes to do i think I don't, yeah, I don't know if But, like, like it can't be, like, yeah. getting pleasure out of it. <laughs> right. Like, it just, I don't even right. think it makes sense in the world of the show. Yeah. Like, I think there must be some, like, conspiracy right. that we're not in on yet. Yeah. I yeah, obviously like get, this show. Yeah, yeah, I think that'll get revealed. Yeah. Sick. Maybe it's a critique of how it's, like, social suicide to buy a Twitter checkmark now that Elon Musk sells them. <laughs> yeah i'm sure that they're like we're gonna own elon right elon is watching this just yeah. like shaking his fist he's yeah. like damn no yeah. <laughs> i'm cringe no right. he would never say that no. <laughs> um yeah i don't think i don't know yeah i kind of like that doesn't bother me because i feel like it's just part of the the conceit of the show you know like it's just it's just part of the like you got to believe the the ai is evil and this is like one way of, of motivating that. Um, 
Do you think that there are any scenes to you that stood out as being, you know, particularly, like, earnest or relevant? Um, anytime she, like, prays, it seems like it's trying to, trying to get in that, in that sphere. Or, like, the backstory about her and the cowboy guy where they're, like, um, like, you know, he's, like, does the whole rodeo thing where he fails at the rodeo and, like, they are planning, like, a life together. That's, it's, that feels like it is more sincere. hmm Yeah. Yeah, they're trying to be, like, Anne. Right. She's a feminist. We're right. critiquing masculinity. Right. Yeah, she <laughs> does that. We're cool and right. woke and... Yeah. She curses. Right. Um, and that stu- it stuck out to me because I wish I was a rodeo cowboy. Um, you still the could cool. be. Yeah, we'll see. <laughs> Why not? It's not very vegan. Oh, that's so true. It's yeah. not very vegan. Damn. <laughs> yeah. Can you start a vegan rodeo? <laughs> Wait a minute. Million dollar idea right there. I guess like a, you know what? Like a mechanical bull kind of just is that. <laughs> that's so funny. <laughs> I don't know. I think yeah. it's cool. No, it is. Yeah, I like that. I'm trying to think. I don't know what else there is at a rodeo. Clowns. Mm. Eh. <laughs> yeah, I mean, and then there's, like, the parts other than, like, the the bull riding. There's like, just bull, but that's, like, the only not... I think that's, that's like the only animal part. cruelty part. No, well, no, because you got, like, hogs, you know? Um, like, there's probably, like, a guy who's got, like, the biggest hog. <laughs> you know? <laughs> that kind of setup. Yeah. Probably to the side. Sure. I think I'm just thinking of the Del Mar Fair now. I know, I think you are just thinking of the county fair. Um, That's cool. Yeah, Um, alright, so what stood out to you? Oh, um, okay, so there's this one scene in episode two that I think is really uh, telling and kind. I found kind of, like, moving. So earlier in the episode, Simone is talking to Mrs. Davis, like, through... A teacher or something the teacher is like proxying and this old man comes in and he uh is looking for a piano that like had belonged to his wife before she died and it got it accidentally got sold so he's going to everywhere in the area and um simone says oh like i'll pray for you and he's kind of like nah, kick rocks none mm-hmm. i don't care and then um Simone is like walking down the street the next day and this like car pulls over and it's like these two people that she knew from her childhood and they say like oh get in the car like the AI wants to show you something and they take her to this field where there's just like pianos as far as the eye can see and she like comes across the old man like playing the piano um and he says like oh my gosh like this is the piano that belonged to my wife thank you so much you said you were gonna pray for me and now like I've been able to find my wife's piano and she says like oh I'm so sorry I actually didn't have time to pray for you and he says like oh well like thank you anyway um and I found this very I first of all like the scene was just kind of visually like beautiful yeah. <laughs> like more so than many of the other scenes in the show just like you know the sweeping plane right. with all these pianos um but just her saying to him like that she didn't pray for him but he was still kind of like attributing it to like right. God, even right. though like we all knew it was just the the yeah. AI. Yeah. I just found that to be a very 
strange and like haunting scene i guess yeah um and i'm not really sure what to make of it i mean i think maybe it's just to establish for us like how important or how powerful or like that the ai is doing the god stuff actually you mm-hmm. know and so another thing to say about god is that like jesus exists on the show but god is never seen he's referred to as like the boss man yeah, and he's like behind, and he's, a, door. Like, behind a door um and like sometimes like if simone does something that makes him mad like the room that, <laughs> that jesus is in will like rumble right but he doesn't really seem to intervene so are right. we supposed to believe that like there is no interventionist god in this world or like um, what are we so if, well like, the it's, AI it's is... heretical honestly because jesus is god so i mean it is it is heretical yeah <laughs> you can't have another one um yeah i don't know i feel like that's gonna be like a reveal too or something you think they're gonna show god no but like whatever's going on with that situation probably will like maybe god is mrs davis and he's like jealous of jesus and that's why he wants to destroy the grail that would be excellent (laughs) that's really funny i I like that yeah (laughs) um all right well let's zoom out a little bit here Enough about the, enough about Mrs. The details Davis. Although on this TV show. I really can't recommend it enough. It's an excellent show, and please subscribe to NBC's Peacock. Um, they're not just, they're not doing so great, which is why they've hired us. Uh, <laughs> you just want them to start producing your high school films that you've been <laughs> speaking so much about. That's true. I do want them to produce. Can you give us um, a teaser? Yeah. Uh, well, one of them was called McDanger Five: Return of the Bad Guys. That was the first one. Um, no. Starring Hank McDanger. Um, so it's real a, ironic. It was. It was very ironic, yeah. Um, and then the other one that I, we were very proud of was called Laser Katana, um, which was a cyberpunk thriller action film. Um, NBC, if you're listening, this could be yours. These are, yeah, these for could the be low, your... low price of I don't know, ten dollars. Yeah, ten. <laughs> I take ten bucks for it. I bet, you buy me two beers. Whoa. <laughs> no Damn. Yeah. Um, <clears throat> okay but uh that aside um i guess like okay ai what's going on everybody's had an ai episode or several you know recently it was like you know obviously in the news and all that um but i do think that that's like uh i guess um what do we want to say about that like <laughs> it's <laughs> It's not good. I think it's oh. bad. Yeah, yeah, that's fine. <laughs> what do I want to say so, about AI? Yeah. It's not no, good. It's not good. <laughs> it's very nuanced. I thank you. I, well, I don't think you need nuance. I think it's just bad. I think it's like, I think it's just accelerated. I mean, everybody, this has been said, and this is, we read, we read a New Yorker's, uh, the New Yorker Ted Chiang piece about, um, not the first one, about, uh, GPT being a blurry uh, JPEG of the internet. Did you see that one a while ago? No. Oh, okay. That was very good. I recommend that one too. But the more recent one where he's asking if it's going to be the new McKinsey. Um, mm-hmm. And I think this is right. Like, I think the the main, and as, as somebody doing a little, little AI ethics work, actually, in my IRL life, um, <laughs> my impression is it's basically going to be like an accelerator 
for. I mean, and this is like for like processes of wealth accumulation. Um, but isn't that true? Okay, just to get into it. Yeah. Isn't that true of everything? Yeah. But like, it's really good at it. Like, I think it's going to be actually okay. So there's two things I think that we should that we should touch on here. The first is my general concern with AI as like. Uh, like weirdly supplanting a lot of the skills needed or like the skills that we need people with college educations generally to accomplish and that's like my like economic concern but then also um as like as mrs davis somewhat presciently observes as like a source of, of meaning and providing people with a kind of like uh i don't know information but also like ai broadly mm -hmm. like algorithms you know and and being provided with like just the right uh suggestion on instagram you know mm -hmm. that sort of thing uh as as like a conveyor of meaning for your life and i think that's like the, the two con those are my that's why i say it's bad because mm -hmm. um, these are just getting better and better so the first thing um I guess this is my concern. So I recently listened to Hell on Earth um, from Chapo, which is like their mini series about the like 30 years war and the Protestant Reformation. Oh, sure. Um, and in the first episode of it, which is the one that's, it's like the teaser episode. It's like a 10 part series, but with bonus stuff, but like the first episode is public. So, um, which is great. Cause it kind of presents, I think like the bulk of their like philosophical thesis. The rest of it is kind of just them talking about battles and that sort of thing. But like in the in the first episode, they're talking a lot about the way that the Protestant Reformation and the printing press arrived at a similar or like at just the right moment together to really like spark the kind of ideological shift necessary to disrupt right. aristocracy and Catholicism and introduce Protestantism as the kind of like the software that mm -hmm. would allow capitalism to come onto the stage which is yeah, just like totally, the Weber thing yeah i yeah. mean this is the Weber thing it's the it's the um the mccarraher thing but they really focused a lot in the first episode on the printing press as like mm -hmm. this new technology that allowed that allowed martin luther to be like so popular and like it, he really was you know if, if their recounting of the facts is to be believed like he's like he was like the main draw for a lot of like pamphlets and books that people would actually go buy like right and so i think that this so because i listened to this around the same time <laughs> that all this like language generative ai was coming out i thought to myself these are the same um but yeah. i actually kind of believe this sort of knee-jerk take that i had because like i said a moment ago like okay well a lot of times in in automation mm -hmm. the things that are being automated are things that like working class people do right and so like the system doesn't really care you know if like oh no like oh like factories don't need so many people because like robots can do it this like right. the system of capitalism doesn't care that much about the people who are displaced by that kind of automation because they're the people that capitalism doesn't even care about to begin with or like that the owners right the capitalists themselves do not care about mm -hmm. but what's weird about ai is that language models and ai more broadly because hey, like right now we're all hyped up on language models because gpt came out and all that but ai and like 
machine learning in general is like a whole family of technologies that includes everything from like Instagram recommendations to like optimization for like um, supply chains to also language models. Mm -hmm. And these things seem to be on like the cusp of, or at least in principle capable of replacing like white collar jobs. Well, which is like, yeah, kind of like disruptive in a way, like nobody cares if like auto manufacturers get automated away. Mm -hmm. I mean, obviously we should care about this, but the system doesn't care about that. Right. But if like lawyers and, you know, medical professionals and programmers and engineers start like you just need fewer of them because obviously we're still going to need like humans who do some of it but maybe you don't need so many right like instead of a team of like 20 programmers to get like you know some new app going maybe you only need like two and the language model helps with the rest of it right so okay i want to back up a little bit okay to the book history stuff or yeah, the printing press. Yeah. Did you know I used to be like a big like book history nerd and I was like, no. I'm going to go to grad school and study book history. No, that's cool. <laughs> um, so, okay, my question is... Riley's holding Bradley, the cat, right now, and very tenderly. It's kind of a I Madonna and child sort of uh, <laughs> figure before me. Bradley is the cat, <laughs> for reference. Oh, yeah. yeah. No, no, <laughs> for not holding Bradley. a little boy. <laughs> It's actually a grown man. He's being so sweet. Okay. Um, so he's gone. <laughs> My question is, what... Okay. Book history... The Yeah, yeah, printing press. Printing press arrived at the same time as Protestantism. Yeah. Disrupted. Yeah. So are you just saying that, like, language model LLMs or AI yeah. writ large is, like, just doing the same thing? Well, okay. Oh, yeah. So I didn't fi get, get to finish, which is, um, or like I lost my train of thought, but thank you for getting me back on it. Mm -hmm. um, like, so their thesis basically is that the like technology of the printing press and the new like social technology of Protestantism was like able to disrupt aristocracy and the, ca the Catholic Church as the sort of like uh, legitimating spiritual force behind aristocracy as like the central way of governance which allowed capitalism right. which was basically just like a system where like the merchant class was able to ascend mm -hmm. um, and depose the aristocracy as like the people controlling everything and so i guess the view here is like like llms kind of are deposing the merchant class <laughs> In a sense, right? So, like, if you imagine that, like, white-collar professionals... Sure. Yeah, we're moving to gig labor. Yeah. I mean, to, like, really oversimplify Yes, exactly. It. We're moving well, to a gig We're economy. moving to, like, neo-feudalism is what I'm saying. Right. So, like, yeah. like the, the, like, the, the white-collar professionals that we have now are the, like, descendants of the merchant classes that deposed the aristocracy in Europe. Um, and, like, they're being disrupted now. Sure. So the, the parallel I guess I'm noticing is just like, the, it's like not just like a acceleration of the existing system of like capitalism. It's like mm -hmm. a weird new force that kind of changes the game a little bit. Or at least that's my like, I guess I'm just my saying... most tinfoil hat version of this. Yeah. Yeah. So I guess I'm just like skeptical of this. Well, I think that like what you've said is like, right. But 
I'm not convinced that like the printing press and AI if you will are like unique in the sense mm-hmm. like how is this different than like um uh those like automatic fabric <laughs> weaving things like you know that right or like how is this different than like 19th century industrialization right because those things the people who they weren't information technology they weren't information and they also weren't threatening to the ruling class but like the I printing guess press I just don't think oh well was threatening to the ruling class because well, the PMCs. It, yeah. Well, so that's what it, okay, so at the time there were no there weren't PMCs, but like the the printing press allowed there to become PMCs by deposing or like by I lubricating see. the de, the deposition of the aristocracy. And similarly, like LLMs allow like people the current like, you know, the like PMC class, not the actual owners, but like the right. the white collar, you know, middle management class, are gonna be obsolete, or at least not so necessary. And that's like the the parallel is like, and that class, like the PMC class, you know, except apart from a few like billionaires, and apart from more recently, were the ones kind of ruling the whole thing. At least that's right. the ideal. Um, right. Yeah, that's my. I guess I'm I guess I'm buying it I guess like I just feel really hesitant and I wrote this in my notes um you know something I've been grappling with is our current moment really so different like from (laughs) earlier times right um and I feel like this is the question at like the heart of the the AI conversation yeah in some ways um like it all feels like new and existentially threatening but like is this different than like I don't know. Didn't people feel this way about like nuclear war? (laughs) Yeah. Or like, um, for sure. Uh, Ted Chang talks about the Luddites. Um, yeah. Being when we talked about the the Luddite teens, if you will, and everyone kind of like uses the word Luddite to mean like technophobe, but he points out that they were just like factory workers who were upset that they weren't getting like, their wages weren't increasing as the factory made more money because of automation. Yeah. Um, but I think, like, adding the the additional thing of, like, oh, well, this is maybe unique because it's, like, an information technology that's disrupting on such a large scale. And, well, and it's aimed particularly at the ruling class. Or, like, not the topmost, but, like, the people who have historically been in charge um, of, like... Like, I guess, the because th- I, I follow you, and I think that you're right, like, there's a certain kind of, like, apocalyptic fervor that accompanies any new technology. And definitely, actually, nukes are, for sure, like, the, the most important, like, truly apocalyptic technology. Yeah. But, like, the, um, the idea is, suppose for a moment that the professional managerial class have controlled the world, roughly, you know, like, have been the ones with at least the largest say um in like the the you know way the economy and the global governments and sort of thing has been run since like world war ii um and maybe even actually actually before that yeah even. if not before like, that then i don't think there's really a good case to be made yeah you know yeah i mean i guess like there probably isn't going to be that big of a difference between the coming neo-feudal order and, and just capitalism or whatever right. but, i mean yeah i yeah. guess that's like <laughs> that's the... like i'm sitting here and i'm like 
wait a minute like damn (laughs) am i gonna be able to get like a a nice job like am i gonna be able to be a little pmc like um probably but i think fewer people will be able to and i think that's the and i think like acceleratingly fewer people as the decades go on i just think i'm having i have a really hard time knowing like how much of a threat this is like and i think everyone feels right. that way to some degree right and i, mean, I just, nobody like, knows truly nobody knows yeah and like to return to ted chang i uh, yeah i keep wanting to call him by the wrong name um the <laughs> keep to return to the ted chang i just like wasn't totally convinced by his article and maybe we could like talk about some of like what he he says because i think like his opinion is really interesting and i agreed with like most of it i guess but i just like i'm just like not sold i don't believe people i just i don't know if it's because i don't like know how the technology works but like i felt this way when the google guy uh blake lemoyne was saying like um lambda is sentient and i was just like no it's not like yeah i don't care it's absolutely like, it's not. not that's a that's but that's like a different domain no of, it totally is but i playing. just feel like i have that like knee-jerk reaction to any like thing like oh ai is gonna like take over writing and i'm yeah. like no it's not i just like don't think yeah. it will I don't yeah know. No, and maybe yeah. i'm just in denial but yeah you know what if you were like a little little plump plump little french catholic prince you know <laughs> around the sure. 1700s that you probably would have thought the same thing. No way. No way is this whole system changing. I mean... It's been this way since the Romans. Are there still Catholics? Sure. Fuck. (laughs) No. Uh, (laughs) Like, take that. I mean... Yeah, yeah, and then Martin Luther came and he published, like, a sick comic book. And then um, it was so popular that no one ever was Catholic again. And all the Catholics just... Okay, but you know what? Nobody is cat. There's no universal church though, and there's no like, or like there's no like Christendom anymore, and there's no like aristocracy at least in in the European traditional sense. I guess like, like, I just don't. <laughs> like sure, but like I don't know. I guess I'm just like not convinced by this claim of like there's no universal church. Like right. there were like jews and like muslim people right. before no, no. <laughs> like, yeah yeah no, it's just, <laughs> like there were Ev- no everyone, everyone on earth everyone on earth was catholic before martin luther <laughs> yeah yeah no that's that's yeah that's true yeah all right well we'll see the one thing that oh but that i guess brings the second thought that i had which is like regardless it's like lubricating capitalism like this must be the case like it, it, of course it is yeah but um, i think you could sorry and, to interrupt i think you could say that about everything though but like at a faster pace than those previous things were and in a way that i think and i think this is like maybe you know how we tie it back up here mm-hmm. um it is like it does present like a new opportunity for a kind of like quasi-religious adherence like people people want an ai whether it's their you know like i don't know like their instagram algorithm their tiktok algorithm or like a language model to provide them with a kind of meaning and it has serious potential to do that in a way that like is friendlier you know than 
previous tech like if somebody's like super into i don't know like what's an earlier version of this um i don't know like a sex robot or something right like somebody has like a, a mm-hmm. sex bot um or like yeah like that you know that, that's like outre it's it's it's, <laughs> it's weird you know but new new ai like the new versions of ai that exist now offer like kind of like friendly face to yeah technological advancement um in a way that i don't know people can like make meaning out of it normies can make meaning out of it sure yeah no i think that's right so i think like the um like the value of what's being presented in like sci-fi literature like mrs davis um is just like a a vision of like you know or like attempting to imagine you know prefigure what this coming order will look like where people's lives are just more ordered by um you know like the whatever the algorithm tells them is is like the right thing to value the right way to to conduct yourself um and the danger is that that's actually kind of possible that people just kind of listen to you know yeah listen to what the ai tells them to do like those people on twitter who are like i've i like let chat gpt decide what my finances were going to be you know the early adopter kind of funny people doing it as a gimmick but like you might imagine like this is not far off like everything's going to have some sort of llm integration soon where you just get to like talk to it and and it'll give you some you know like just like your bank app might you know you might have an llm integration in the next like two years where you can just talk to it about like what am i spending money on how could mm-hmm. i how could i like spend less oh money? those things already exist uh, right no yeah. and but like yeah yeah like that'll just be like a default part of of your you know experiences being and being able to interact conversationally that way like this is why it's such like a a, a delicious in, innovation for um you know silicon valley people is because whatever like final like difficulty to entry there might have been with user interfaces Mm -hmm. and stuff before now it gets smoothed over so easily by just having you know like conversational interactions with any service that you could possibly need yeah and that service can give you a structure of meaning you know like or like a way to conduct your life if if you let it um that's the fear I guess, okay, I have a question, but it's going to take us back a little bit. Yeah, <laughs> um, yeah, yeah. So you were say, saying that uh, this technology, I said like, oh, how is this technology any different, blah, blah, blah. And you said like, maybe it's not, except that it's like lubricating. Yeah. But do you think that's a nature of technology or just the nature of like capitalism? Like, ne- like having to like accelerate, you know, and the drive for... I don't know increasing profits i guess yeah like i just like i'm not convinced that i get i'm just like i don't know i still feel skeptical i think it's the best at it like like maybe technology broadly does perform some sort of lubricating feat you know like like a really like the naive view of technology is it just makes life a little easier um to do something mm-hmm. but i think the, the like cap- capitalism is like the best at leveraging that and leveraging that in a way that like is like really it you know it, it's like almost a trite 
like truism that it's so focused on efficiency right or like system of capitalism so focused on efficiency mm-hmm. um so like of course it would be interested in, in producing technologies that align with that yeah okay that makes sense i guess okay i want to talk more about the ted chang article though yeah yeah um maybe as noted uh already he compares like ai to mckinsey um and so like kind of to your point that uh maybe ai is kind of like baked into capitalism or like uh, lubricating it i this word is really stuck in my head now (laughs) yeah (laughs) um Uh, He writes, uh, note that you cannot simply say that you will build AI that only offers pro-social solutions to the problems you ask it to solve. That's the equivalent of saying that you can diffuse the threat of McKinsey by starting a consulting firm that only offers such solutions. The reality is that Fortune 100 companies will hire McKinsey instead of your pro-social firm because McKinsey's solutions will increase shareholder value more than your firm's solutions will. It will always be possible to build AI that pursues shareholder value uh, above all else, and most companies will prefer to use that AI instead of one constrained by your principles. End quote. And I was like, yeah, that. Yeah. he's cooking. <laughs> <laughs> right. Spot on. Um, yeah. Uh, and then he goes into talking about like Zizek and accelerationism yeah um, which is I think the part I didn't like because it just feels like fear mongering like I, I don't I don't know I'm like having a hard time articulating what I don't like about yeah the conversations surrounding this but it just feels it definitely there's a lot of fear mongering going on and like you can clearly see like this is something that like I think, like, in True Anon's episode about this, like, what they were pointing out is that oftentimes the, like, the fear-mongering is actually part of, like, a broader marketing campaign. Right. Because it's just part of, like, one way to convince people that your products are powerful is by convincing them that they're scary. Yeah. Um, and so, like, even if it seems like you're doing some sort of, like, you know, AI skeptic thing by talking about the potential dangers of, of AI, it's kind of like in a sort of subtle way um convincing people of its immense power i can't believe that you were first talking about chapo and then you also mentioned true True yeah yeah (laughs) very cool they're both sponsoring yeah they are yeah yeah they have an nbc actually nbc yeah but they're the trinity right (laughs) our trinity of sponsors right Um, and red scare actually no they're the devil (laughs) (laughs) they're yeah um no, I, I think that's right, that the fear-mongering is kind of the the marketing. And I guess that's why I just, like, feel skeptical to, like, but then I think, like, well, the TikTok algorithm is really powerful. It is. And it is scary. Mm-hmm. Um, and, yeah, there's, like, this really, we should have read it, or maybe we'll link it in the show notes, but, um, I've sent you, I think, that, like, essay about people using, like, GPT to, like, write in the style of their dead loved ones. Oh, yeah. So they can, like, continue. And I just, like, there's a really beautiful essay about this where this man is talking about, um, is writing about 
communicating quote unquote with his like dead fiance and it's horrifying like it's so yeah. sad yeah um and it just kind of like the way that he's like oh that's her like he feels like so confident that it's like her voice is so stunning um right and since i think it's really scary and powerful um but it feels more like a, a mirror i guess than like anything like and i think that's what what i think is like significant about the algorithm um is that people read it as uh like constitutive of a, a self like i say like oh this is what the tiktok algorithm thinks of me right and we'll we'll do an episode on tiktok yeah. <laughs> um but i think that that's like different than an exist like i'm not sure that that's like an existential threat necessarily no i don't think it is either in the sense that like really crazy people like bill gates <laughs> or like uh i forget who the google guy who's like the father of contemporary like um uh like the uh, machine learning who recently has been like yeah this is a great threat mm -hmm. like we've never what is this line like like it's going to become more intelligent than us and like there's no examples in nature of like a less intelligent being controlling a more intelligent being and like this is all this is the kind of fear-mongering that's surely very silly right but i think this is the kind of thing that like oh you know who um you know the podcast tech won't save us mm -hmm. yeah the main guy i think or one of the main guys from that had like a sub has a sub stack and he did an article about this basically that like that stuff is kind of deflecting from the broader um like economic concerns that are the real ones so i'm kind of like right i'm like hardcore skeptical on the actual like existential threat nonsense um but i am kind of um like a little bit uh or i take seriously like the threat of economic uh disruption in like a you know dangerous way basically like the way that that uh, ted chang outlines Mm -hmm. Fred. What did he do? Did he just attack your hot dog painting? Yeah, he <laughs> no, he's now it's a game. <laughs> yeah. Um. Yeah, and because so much of our like psychological lives and our the systems of meaning that we end up with are so intertwined with the way that we make money and eat food and stuff, I just think like. Like there's a really convenient sort of package being being presented to the world right now in like accelerated capitalism and also like algorithmically produced systems of meaning, whatever that turns out to be. Yeah. Okay. Well, this has been helpful because I think it's kind of like uh, illuminated the nature of like my issue with these debates is that I think the present like clear threat is the psychological like yeah. what i just said about right people reading the algorithm as like constitutive of the self um maybe we'll have an episode on diagnosis culture oh yeah definitely <laughs> um if we want to get canceled no, uh, I would, I would cancel me <laughs> cancel me right up because <laughs> yeah. um, i think that's like a an immediate threat i think the threat is right. already here and i think the economic threat is like down the pipe a little bit yeah but i don't think that the two are like obviously connected like okay. i don't think that like 
the threat that's posed by the TikTok algorithm is the same that's posed by like chat GPT. Like I think the nature of it yeah. is just a little different. And I think it's all like part of the same like yeah system. There's like a point about like manufacturing consent or something that could probably tie those things together but i i'm not lucid enough What's to manufacturing consent it's like the chomsky thing you know no oh <laughs> <laughs> that's why I okay said. Uh, <laughs> um yeah riley doesn't associate with uh, i can't Epstein. Read, so. oh yeah that's right <laughs> you know because he was like on the recently yeah. got outed but anyway um no like the way that like systems of marketing for example make us think that we want things or like the political culture is also does this a similar thing where it's just like we're the um god i don't know i need to like reread that no i think <laughs> but, that, that makes sense yeah um, but it's like through marketing basically so like i don't know maybe things like the tiktok algorithm or gpt being so friendly or having like a gpt version of your, your gf or something um make you more pliant to a system that just runs on that kind of algorithm broadly but mm -hmm. but that's the best i can do right now i could I, you know no i think i think that is good it makes sense I guess I just want there to be more like nuance in the like yeah. fear mongering. Yeah. I want there to be nu nuanced fear mongering. Nuanced fear mongering. Yeah. Um, I think you're right. Because I think what you're saying, like, yeah, it is in the marketing. Um, definitely. But they should make that clear because otherwise people. The like, fear mongers. Yeah, the fear mongers, yeah. yeah. Right. <laughs> like you. Like me, yeah. 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 I'm out here, I'm just like looking at the clouds, I'm like, I'm <laughs> right. not, right. I can't read, so yeah. I don't. Right. Who is gnome? This <laughs> <laughs> right. um, so is a garden gnome of some kind. Yeah. <laughs> I'm watching Mrs. Davis, I'm like, yeah, <laughs> I would love that. No, not really. Right. Really, you should become a nun and um, kill the ai i could not become a nun i would miss bradley so much wait why why can't you oh i guess you can't yeah we couldn't like be here in this apartment no i guess yeah you couldn't live in this apartment yeah yeah Damn. that would be so sad yeah well and why are you gonna become a nun why am i gonna become a nun <laughs> Yeah, this is how I'm telling everyone that I'm yeah. going to become a nun. Yeah, he's going to become a nun. A yeah. Lutheran nun. Ew. <laughs> I wonder if those exist. There's Episcopal nuns, but... Or not... Yeah, then there's Anglican nuns. I don't think that there are Lutheran nuns. Because yeah. they don't even like women that much to like have them be nuns. <laughs> no, I'm serious. Yeah, I know. Well, okay. Missouri Synod Lutherans, you mean. Yeah, and then yeah, yeah. the evangelicals, the uh, women can just be pastors be, yeah. so why would they have to be nuns that's true yeah they're gonna have boy nuns too <laughs> no that'd be sick. boy nun is such a good name for something i bet you that is a name for yeah plenty yeah that's like my soundcloud boy nun <laughs> yeah <laughs> I, was, I was trying to come up with yeah. follow-up i got nothing it's, very it's like horny, so it's like rap. midnight basically just kidding it's eight it's eight it's, fifty seven. it's midnight it's actually 2 a.m we've been <laughs> recording for six hours <laughs> it's our fourth take 
we're reading from a GPT generated script. Wait, <laughs> yeah. we should have done that. Hold uh, on, hold on. Well, no, I will say that's how Truanon starts their um, their AI episode. Damn. I know. Well, they probably got that idea from from you. <laughs> from me. <laughs> yeah. We got it from the same algorithm. Yeah. Um. Okay. Well, I'm still gonna say. Write me. I'm trying. Okay, have you tried Google's new AI? It's called Bard. Oh yeah, that's right. Write me. That'd be cool if it only wrote like Shakespeare. That would be cool. That'd be funny. That was their gimmick. It's like, yeah, it's literally a really advanced AI, but anything that you put into it is gonna come out in Shakespeare. Um, so an iambic pentameter. Uh, intro music host welcome to the misenchantments podcast i'm your host riley on this show we talk about parentheses topic of podcast (laughs) Uh, we interview experts share stories and give you the information you need to goal of podcast (laughs) (laughs) that's really good i love sharing stories yeah it's so important i love talking to experts like noam chomsky <laughs> like noam chomsky right I'm just kidding. or bradley the cat bradley the cat right i want him to speak right into the microphone <laughs> yeah come here tight <laughs> you heard it here yeah. first folks he he loves ai <laughs> yeah. ah, he attacked me Damn. he heard me talking shit and he said this is from Mrs. Davis. Right. Um, anyway, okay, um, that was just a lot of rambling, but... Yeah. Um, don't let AI be your god. I guess. That's the, the Mrs. Davis thesis. Yeah, but sometimes I get like targeted Instagram ads that I really like. More on this. More on this later when we discuss Riley's dissertation. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Once I learn how to read. Yeah, once Riley remembers how to read. <laughs> I never knew. <laughs> <laughs> GPT wrote your dissertation so far, actually. Dude, it's only a matter of time. Yeah. Um. Anyway, see you next time to discuss TBD. Oh yeah. Well, I thought it was gonna be stoicism. Stoicism. That's right. We're doing we're doing stoicism. Are next we gonna time. have a guest? <laughs> All right. <laughs> I'll see you in heaven, Riley. See you in heaven. <laughs>